0: Everyone, welcome back to another recap episode of the Ethical Consumer Podcast. I'm your host, Julia, and in these recaps, I go through the past 10 or so episodes. So if you're new here, this is a great place to start to check out which episodes you might want to backtrack on, or if you've gotten a little behind, see what you've missed and check out the the episodes that you know you're gonna love first. So let's get into it. Episode 21 was with Jennifer Terry of Des Moines Waterworks. Now, Jennifer has hopped back and forth between Des Moines Waterworks and the Iowa Environmental Council, which gives her a very unique perspective working on public policy for our healthy drinking water safety, and also working on the conservation side of things. It's funny because we are adopting a brand which was
1: introduced, but we're going to be talking more about it this year at Duane Waterworks, which is Think Downstream. Mm-hmm. And so we've been talking a lot about what does that mean, and so that means how you speak to others. It means how you use your resources. It means your philosophy. And so I think when you're talking about those farms, look. Live- farmers lifting each other up think of them thinking downstream they're not only literally thinking downstream mm-hmm. of water quality and off-site impacts to the what they do on their land, but they're thinking downstream of more generations um so that's that's a really interesting way to think about that i like that been a kind of a tagline but we have a um a we're going to be introducing it as more of a brand this year, okay. which is, again, the way that we approach our social media platforms mm-hmm. and things is thinking downstream, and, uh, a real holistic approach to um, how we how we think about things and uh, what we do and what we say. Sure. Also, when you say think downstream, it's, it's educational because this is so funny. So if you, you know what a watershed mm-hmm. is, which... Um, so people don't understand what watersheds are. And so if you don't understand what a watershed is, you can't understand why it matters what you're doing 200 miles away from us. Sure. So part of our job is to educate people about what think downstream even means. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Gulf um, hypoxic zone is directly correlated to what we do here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. We're one of the largest contributors of nitrogen to this Mississippi River. That's not okay. Right. And we need to own that and we need to be very clear that it's not okay and what we're gonna do to fix that so um, but if you, you we all and so I like when people come on tours I always um, start out and I go how many of you live in a watershed raise your hand and like they're kind of like I don't really know and I'm like it's a trick question you all do <laughs> <laughs> and so once you understand that what you do affects everybody downstream that change that just makes a lot of light bulbs yes
0: so definitely Episode 22 is with Shelby Smith of Gym and Eat Crickets. Shelby shared with us the sustainability of cricket farming and also their nutrient density, which is a great replacement, if you don't mind eating insects, for other types of protein.
2: Yeah, so they're 64% protein, so double the
1: protein of beef. They have more iron than spinach, more calcium than milk. They're a good source of vitamin B12. They have omega-6s and omega-3s, magnesium, prebiotic fiber, all sorts of stuff. And then, like I said, they are complete proteins, so they have all nine essential amino acids in a bioavailable form. Um, so they're a pretty cool little, pretty cool
0: little bug. Episode 23 was with Jeff Abella of Mocha Origins and Mocha Farm in Cameroon. Jeff shared his insight on the cacao industry, kind of adjacent to the coffee industry, and what mocha origins is doing to make sure that their farmers are getting paid a livable wage and also putting money back into the communities where they do farm for education and health care
3: if that creates this disconnect and ultimately um a disconnection between the fact that this is a agricultural crop that farmers by hand are putting a lot of time and energy into and um resulting in uh um, a lot of you know energy input and so when um we look at like the price of cocoa. It, it's crazy. Part of me, you know, I mean, I, I love chocolate, but at the, the current economic structure, it's not a sustainable crop and it almost be better off if we didn't have chocolate, if that was going to um, be the pathway forward. And so um, we're a bean to bar chocolate maker and we source ethically. We take our proceeds in and put them back to work in Cameroon on our training farm and we plant a tree for every product sold. And this unique kind of class of product, this bean to bar or fine chocolate it's called, um, we're about, we represent like 5% of the industry, so pretty small. But when I was in Cameroon doing this humanitarian um, you know, work, it was clear that, what an amazing opportunity though. There's thousands and thousands of smallholder farmers you know, growing coffee and cocoa. If we just focused our attention on that kind of sector, and that agricultural sector, and try to, um, you know, gain potential there. Uh, we can make a, a huge impact because there's so many people consuming chocolate, and there's so many farmers growing cocoa. Uh, it's a really, you know, it's kind of, you know, ripe for disruption and and good return on our um, investment in terms of social return.
0: Episode 24 is with Axel Brave of Axel Provisions. Listen to that episode to hear his passion for food, family and celebration and hear about how he got into the food and beverage industry.
4: Having guests over and entertaining parties. That's that's my background. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm good at. Um, and I realized the power food had and how it connected people and how it like crossed boundaries. Um, when I was in college, I always thought of myself as being like the guy behind the CEO, the mastermind behind the CEO, cause I was intimidated to be the face of a brand or something like that. Um, and then another th- aspect was like, Oh, I want to start a manufacturing company, something that can be, uh, a- almost a craft that can be replicated over and over and over again and given to as many people as possible. Um, but then I fell into the restaurant scene because things kind of lined up and this opportunity came and I wanted to, a- start a business with a friend and we found this little restaurant space figured we can afford the lease Realized that we can bring in revenue and we're making like probably you know anywhere between 10 to 20k a month bringing in uh people into this small bistro and that's when i was like oh damn i'm confident enough to do this and be the face of this and like the idea of failing and taking risks I understood it was there, but it did not hold me back. And like, is that a bad thing? Maybe sometimes, but I was, I was all in. And like the fear of failing was something I that did not faze me at all. I...
0: Episode 25 is with Pallavi Pandey of Detox Plates. Now they don't just have plates anymore. They also have bowls and trays beautiful elegant serving dishes that are made from fallen palm leaves sustainably harvested they fall on their own and then are pressed into these beautiful play settings. If you see uh, Bahamas if you see Jamaican if you see Puerto Ricans they all cook in or Hawaii they all cook in banana leaves so the concept of cooking in banana leaf is still there they still do it because the food of course tastes better and it keeps all the juices in and so that's where the banana leaves come from. But if you have to curate them into these tableware, which are sturdy, talk about the sturdiness or talk about how leak proof they are, how can they how can they hold hot and cold uh, liquids in them in that case, the palm leaves are a better option. Why? Because you're not, you're not depleting the natural resources. You're just picking
4: up whatever falls. From-
0: Episode 26 is with Taylor Hurley and Jacqueline Sun, two seniors at University of Michigan. They are the founders of Brasi. Brasi is an oatmeal that includes freeze-dried cauliflower. So it's shelf-stable and you can bake so many different things with it. It doesn't just have to stay. Yeah, okay.
1: we've talked a lot about like how a lot of the food that our friends eat or like people we know we eat like the food system's just gone so far from eating like real whole foods. And we want to remind people that that's just what like, it makes us feel the best. Like you don't need a specific diet, just like eating real whole, like unprocessed foods. So I think our brand, like that's something that we're really trying to emphasize. We also agree that like as college students, sometimes you just don't have the time today. I took a bagel and threw some leftover pasta sauce and vegan cheese on it and called that lunch. Um, So it's not always easy, but if we can and make it convenient for people to eat veggies, like a nice complex carb and all of that, like we love. So twenty
0: seven is with Ethic founder Austin Sachs. Ethic is an app that you can put in your browser, and this will assist you in making ethical purchases online. Whether you're looking at which college to go to, which airline to use, they're adding new partners every single day. His wish is that eventually you'll be able to book an entirely sustainable family vacation all the way from the airline to the hotels to the restaurants you're eating at.
3: But most of our websites are built specifically, okay, we have a restaurant partner. We're going to build restaurant-related websites. So places like Eater, Grubhub, um, The Fork, Postmates, Deliveroo. Uh, there's a lot of websites there. But also for colleges, these college boards as well. Um, and, you know, as we hope to launch into other you know industries, if we go into hospitality, we're going to add to places like Expedia, mm. Kayak, Hostel websites, you know, so currently our websites, they're all on our website. Um, so you can go there and look, okay, these are the websites I use that work. Um, but, you know, I, we're about 50 currently, but our goal by at least April of this year is to have 100. You know, we don't have a, a goal for the end of the year, but we're saying we want 100 by the end of April. Um, so that's, you know, it's it's a big goal, but at the, the same time to double our websites. But I think it's, it's again, we want to add more places. So no matter where you go on the internet, you can find this information. Um.
0: Episode 28 is with Mission Meets co-founder Peter Awad. You can listen to this episode to hear why having clean food was so important to him and his family. Products get a little scary when you read the ingredients list. Not theirs. You know exactly what's going into it. And part of their proceeds also give back to communities in Minnesota, across the U.S., and even Haiti. Um,
5: we've used strictly non-GMO, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want your the ingredient list to not read like it's the back of a shampoo bottle. Like We want you to know and be able to identify like what it is that's in there um, and for it to be f- familiar to you. Um, and so that's been one of those things where we want products that we're confident in feeding our family, right? Nick's got, you know, three kids as well. Um, and so, um, that's been kind of like a non-negotiable for us. Um, the majority of our products have no sugar at all. And the ones that do have sugar very, very, very little. Um, and so we've, we've stayed away from that as well. Um, and it's, it's an interesting thing because when you're in this industry, those types of products are in there for a reason, right? They're in there because they'll extend the shelf life. Mm-hmm. They're in there because they'll um, increase yields, and what that means is that you'll get more product per pound of, of meat you put in there, and that drives the cost down. And so I know why they're in there, and it makes sense, right? It's not like they're totally evil people that are putting the stuff in there. Um, there's a reason for it. Um, we just don't, we just don't like those reasons, right? And and so for us, it's like, well, we'd rather have it be a little bit more caustic for us and have a little bit less margin Mm -hmm. um, and maybe have a shorter shelf life so that you don't have to put the unpronounceables into your body
0: episode 29 is with Olivia Angus of Olivia for the ocean now Olivia not only has this plastic free lifestyle blog she is also a policy volunteer with Surfrider We're excited to have her back in the future to hear more about this policy making as far as reducing our reliance on plastic not only as consumers but also cities towns restaurants I'm excited to have her back
1: I I think I kind of started in different rooms and mm-hmm. that's how I started just talking about it. Um, and then like grocery shopping, like a lot of our plastic comes from food packaging. So I was like, okay, I'm going to teach people how to like shop for food without plastic. And then, you know, then came like the bathroom stuff, which was like, you know, showering and dental care. And it sort of just is very organic. Like, okay, what can I talk about next? And like, what have I not covered? And what do I think people like don't know about and
2: need a solution for.
0: Episode 30 is with Denise and Zach of Empower Coffee Roasters. So this is technically our third coffee guest because Mocha Origins not only has chocolate, but also coffee. Zach and Denise are empowering women bean by bean by not only supporting women-owned farms that give back to their own communities, but also giving back to women's organization in their home state of Arizona, focusing on getting school supplies to underprivileged children, ending periods period poverty, and creating new opportunities for girls and women in the STEM industry.
2: And one thing that you mentioned is those labels of, can we put an organic label or a fair trade or what rainforest alliance, whatever label that is on the bag. And a lot of times it's not just for us, but even for these farms that just getting that label on a bag is so cost prohibitive. So yeah. That's something that we like. One of the reasons that we wanted some transparency in the supply chain because even if you don't have that label, you can see what's happening on those farms and you know that they're following organic practices. You know that they're sustainable and that they're taking care of their farms and their crops. So even though they Like, even though we don't always have that organic label on it, we know that it's organic. We know what they're doing on the farm. So having that transparency, like, really, it just cuts, cuts costs for them and for us and, like, that we could pass on to the customer.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this recap episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed getting to see some of those wonderful faces again and being reminded of everything we've covered in the past two and a half months or so. Check for the new mini-sewed out Thursday, and of course, next Tuesday, we'll be back with another guest episode. I'm excited to share the rest of this season with you guys. Go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already. Stay up to date on all things Ethical Consumer on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, all of the places. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me, and I will see you next time.